Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. This is how it's always been. I'm on the outside looking in. Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Gary. I'm Karen Moynihan. And we're back, baby! We're here. Oh my God. Return of the Mac. But it's us with more terrible books for you. <laughs> Hooray! It's 2022 and we are uh, we are ready to go. We promised we'd be back in February and we are. Look at that. We're actually here after we said we'd take a break. This time we haven't left you hanging for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more like eight actually. But... Oh God. <laughs> But we're here, and that's all that matters. Wow. Hooray! <laughs> we did it. And uh, and what a book we're we're back with, uh, because you may not remember because it's been so long. But <laughs> this week we are discussing Stephen's Bride. Wow, Stephen's Child Bride. <laughs> literally, literally yeah. a child bride. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess we'll uh, we'll dive right in with some taglines and blurbs. And the cover tagline is, it's the biggest decision of their lives. Oh, my God. It is. It is. It is so, but like, there's also no need for any of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's the biggest totally unnecessary decision yeah. of their lives. Very true. Oh, God. Um <laughs> Can you give us the, the back tagline, please? I can. And it is simply secret plans. Mm, it's actually quite uh, apt. Mm, succinct. We like that. They do have lots of secret plans. It's true. Well, here's the full blurb. When Kara Walker announces that she and her mother are moving to London, no one is more shocked than Stephen Wakefield. After losing his first love, Trisha Martin, to leukaemia, Stephen can't bear the thought of losing another girlfriend. Fucking hell, no one is ever allowed to leave him. It's <laughs> <laughs> also the idea is like, not again! <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I think it feels like it's slightly trivialising Trisha's death. Just a tad. <laughs> These things are not on par with each other. No, he sort of acts like they are. But anyway, um, Jessica Wakefield knows a way, a way for Kara to stay in Sweet Valley as her brother's bride. <laughs> Stephen thinks an elopement is the perfect solution. At first, Kara agrees. Then Kara begins to wonder if she's ready to sacrifice her future to stay with Stephen now. Does Kara have the courage to follow her heart, no matter what it's telling her? <gasps> Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, the answer, no spoiler alert, because you've read the rest of them and they're not married, is yes. yes. <laughs> Thank fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, I mean, that is quite an accurate blurb. I'm not sure how 
I guess the cover is also accurate. Can you describe it, please? Because it is uh, a doozy. It's it's a good one. Yes, we love to see it. Uh, yeah, it's Stephen and Cara. It's our headliners. Uh, Stephen is in his usual Lego man mode. Um, the hair is immovable as ever. Uh, he is staring off into the middle distance. He's wearing a suit and tie. Um oh. Like, yeah, navy mm. suit, uh, blue tie with a kind of pattern on it. It's all very unremarkable. Um, but then we've got Cara, lovely, beautiful Cara. Um, <gasps> my goodness. Yes, it is. Well, it's it's a, a wedding dress uh, in a hurry, I guess, because it turns out we do actually <laughs> get a mention of this dress with not much detail. So thankfully, our man, mm. James Matthews, came through with the details for us. Um, oh, yeah, so it's how. Uh, uh, my goodness, it is the silkiest thing I have ever seen. Um it's I mean, I know we're in the 90s now, but this is 80s all day long. <laughs> like, oh, uh, we've got we've it got is shoulder... entirely 80s, isn't it? Like, yeah, like we're kidding ourselves mm. pretending this is 1993. Um, yeah, we've got oh, shoulder yeah. pads. We've got like kind of puffy shoulders uh, into the sleeves. It's a kind of a wraparound situation going on. Um, it's just it's so shiny, so silky. Uh, she's got a lovely little pearl necklace on, which is very nice, but not actually what she wears in the book. Mm. But we'll we'll leave that off. Oh, no. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's holding a bouquet of roses. There's pink and white ones, a nice ribbon tying them all up together. Her hair, I guessed it was in a French plait and we find out it actually is. Um, so I was very pleased with myself on, on my French plait spotting abilities <laughs> when you can't actually see the plait. <laughs> That is some um, accurate hair drawing from James. It really is. Like, yeah, this model for sure had her hair in a French plait. um, Mm. Oh, you can actually see the end of the plait just on on the top of her shoulder. I've only just spotted (gasps) it there now. Yeah. So you can. Yeah. So, you know, he came through as always. It's a great cover. Uh, She looks gorgeous. Like we know Cara is gorgeous. Um, That model is very cute. Um, yeah, so there they are. We've got some good, good drama. And again, it reflects what happens in the book, which we always love. So it's definitely giving oh. us all that good stuff that we like to see. It's a good cover to come back with after our, uh, our, yes. after our hiatus. A good comeback cover. Um, Very happy with that. Mm. Well, we uh, we begin uh, in in the Casadel Wakefield in a scene featuring both these characters because apparently Stephen decided to fire up the grill, and as a result, <laughs> the twins have have had a, called uh, for a spontaneous party with all their pals. That's it. Yeah, it's kind of funny how this is laid out as well because it kind of starts off with the twins and Cara and Stephen, and it's like, okay, cool. But it's like, oh, the twins decided to have a party, and as the kind of pages go on, more and more people are popping up, and it's like, oh, there's like twenty people here, but you kind of don't really realize yeah. until everyone has piped up at some point. <laughs> it's like, oh, said Lila, it's like, oh, Lila's here. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Where have they been hiding? Uh, well, Cara uh, begins the book by laughing out loud because she is so easily amused because there's a few times where she just like chortles away to herself in this book when she's just <laughs> thought of something. And none of the things are funny enough, I think, for somebody to like spontaneously start hooting. And this uh, is no exception. Yeah, true. Um Really, her laughter is just giving us an excuse for a huge big twin description um, because she's just uh, thinking about how even if you couldn't tell the twins apart, you'd know by their reading material, which is which. Yes, Jessica's reading a fashion magazine and uh, Liz is reading Anna Karenina. Uh, So uh, we get a a twin comparison, as you say, and a recap of the dramatic events in uh, Kidnapped by the Cult. And Jessica insists that she's actually, uh, um, her her reading material is uh, quite... um, 
quite important because she's reading about how to balance marriage and a career in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we're really seeding our plot lines very early into the book here. Um, Nice bit of foreshadowing there. So yeah, Stephen's like, oh, but you're only 16. Um, And uh, oh, it turns out Sam is there as well. Again, people just kind of keep popping up as as they say things. It's kind of funny that way. But um, yeah, Sam is there and Jessica's like, oh, I don't plan to get married for decades. Sam's like, phew. So um, we get some good Sam content actually in this book. He's great. We do. Uh, and we also get uh, both both Sam and Jessica and indeed Todd later uh, reacting quite normally to the idea of getting married at 16. Just saying this now, it is normal if, when you're 16 to think, Jesus, this is like, I'm not getting married for a very long time. Though certain parties in this book seem to think this is a sign that they are not fully committed. <laughs> God, yes, it it gets ridiculous. Of course it gets ridiculous. I mean, my God, what did we expect? Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm pleased to see the Kara put some sunscreen on Stephen. So at least somebody in this town is using it. <laughs> For God's sake, please. More, more of this. <laughs> well, uh, apparently he's as pale as a mushroom, according to Jessica. And this is not because he's actually been using sunscreen, but because he's been spending all his time uh, hitting the books. Yeah, he uh, he's applied to some special programme at the university that's going to take him straight through law school. Uh, apparently it'll earn him whatever qualifications he needs in six years rather than seven. And it's this really competitive programme. So there's only like a handful of students accepted each year. So he's really having to work his ass off to uh, to get accepted with this thing. So he's, uh, yeah, he's just doing loads of study and loads of work. So, so this explains his mushroom pale skin <laughs> and also uh, is setting up some more <laughs> stuff too. So yeah, this is a really important kind of programme for his future career. Mm. And uh, he's really hoping and he'll he'll get his spot on this thing. Yes, and the only times he's emerged from his seclusion uh, is to spend some time with Cara because, of course, she is uh, heading on holiday to London. Um, so he wants to spend some time with her for epic trek abroad for a week. Um, <laughs> and Cara's uh, Cara's not very excited about the trip. Yeah, she's kind of being a bit weird about it Um, because like Stephen just kind of says, oh, you know, I'll miss you while you're gone because she's gone for a week and she's kind of like, oh, you know, what are you making such a big deal about it for? It'll only be a week. But she's kind of snappy with him um, over it. And when Jessica's like, oh, God, London's going to be amazing. She's really kind of, Kara's just not kind of not impressed that she's going at all in the first place. And it's just like, oh, you know, London's just some big, dirty Mm. city. Uh, And she's like, it's a stupid business trip. So she's really not enthused at all about this trip, even though everybody else is kind of excited for her. But she's just got a kind of strange attitude about it yeah well I mean she's not as easily impressed as Enid who says <laughs> yeah those big black taxis and red double decker buses very romantic <laughs> I mean, nothing says romance like a bus <laughs> ooh traffic I love it <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Enid. <laughs> I have been stuck in a London double red double decker bus trying to get around King's Cross, and it is not. There's nothing romantic about it. <laughs> it's not what comes um, to mind. No. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, Stephen notices Kara's stress, so I guess he's not totally useless, and he he takes her inside just to check, you know, what's up. Um, wondering is it something to do with you know her the trip to London because it's you know it's a it's a work trip for her mother. It's mm. not a holiday. Um. And uh, Kara says that since her mother and father got divorced, her mom's become a total career woman. And in fairness, Stephen says, good for her. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Kara's kind of 
you know she's like yeah yeah I guess good for her but um, she kind of puts on a, a smiley face again and she's like look you know I'm sorry if I'm cranky I'll, I'll just miss you and kind of brushes it off and she's like you know it is just a week um, so yeah there is definitely something up with her and she's kind of just pretending like it's all fine hmm. it's not really particularly coherent though because is, is it meant to suggest that she had some sort of psychic premonition of what is to come yeah it's like does she? as far as we know at this stage she just thinks it's a work trip. You yeah. know, it's a it's a holiday. Oh, yeah. So, hmm. Well, then we get a confusing time jump because <laughs> it's, we're told it's Thursday, but apparently Kara's back from London. Yeah, again, yeah, I was like, is this, wait, has she not left yet? But she's been and gone and all at this stage. So they actually, they did us out of a proper description of any sort of Kara's trip to London and how she got on there. So it just jumps right back to her being back in Sweet Valley. And I did feel a little bit cheated, I have to say, that we didn't get any London content. <laughs> I know, Kara strutting down Oxford Street, going into the big top shop like they're... <laughs> oh, that's not there anymore. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there. Yeah. I was in London in 1993 for the first time. God damn it. I could, have, uh, I could have shown her the ropes. You could have. <laughs> it could have been amazing. Um, <laughs> well, uh, she she's because she's back, she really wants to see Stephen. And uh, he says that he has to study. But she's like, oh, look, I'll, I'll just pick a book and I'll read while you're working. I just want to hang out with you or while you work. I just want to hang out with you. Apparently, they have already had like their joyous reunion after he got back, which is why all of this is slightly confusing when you read it the first time. Um, <laughs> so he's like, look, tonight I really have to work. Uh, and Kara seems to understand this. But when she turns up, she doesn't have work on her mind. No, not at all. Because she actually, before arriving, she's like, look, I'll bring a book. I won't be in your way. I just kind of want to hang out with you. We don't have to do yeah. anything. Um, so he's like, yeah, OK, cool. But then, of course, she turns up and he's like, did you bring any books? And she's like, nope. So he's kind of like, well, OK, shit, I do actually need to study, though. So he kind of tries. To, it's like he's trying to. It's like he's babysitting. Oh, God, that is what it's like. He's kind of he hands her like a refill pad. And he's oh. like, why don't you write a letter to your brother? And she's like, mm, yeah, OK. But she's really fidgety and distracting kind of over in the corner so Stephen isn't getting any fucking studying done this evening um, and Kara is being very kind of oh. I don't want to say clingy but she is kind of trying to spend every second with Stephen for some reason and he's a bit like what is going on here mm. <laughs> and she keeps like kind of pouncing on him and trying to mm. canoodle with him while he's studying which is which would be you know pretty annoying because he's like he's made fairly clear that he's really has to knuckle down so basically he uh, gives up on trying to do any work and is like okay let's go for a walk and then when they are on a walk he tries to kiss her and she pushes him away and he's like what the fuck is happening <laughs> In fairness, that is very confusing. Um, it's it's extremely mixed signals. Yes. So Kara's obviously going through mm. some stuff um, because he's just trying to figure out what's going on with her. Um, and yeah, she when he kind of asks her what's going on, he's he's kind of getting a little bit annoyed with her. And again, it is kind of understandable because she's all over the map this evening. Um, but she just oh, bursts out so, yeah. crying, um, bursts into tears. And he's just like, oh my God, what's going on? When she's like, oh, my mother. And he's kind of like, oh God, you know, is she sick? Is everything okay? What's happening? Um, but she then explains that it's to do with this business trip to London she says it wasn't an ordinary one um, and when Stephen's like oh my god did she lose her job she's like no it's worse than that uh, and it turns out that uh, what's worse than, than her losing her job is her mother getting a promotion and uh, it turns out she's being transferred to London altogether <gasps> and Stephen is horrified and thinks you can't go 
Don't go. Don't leave me like Trisha did. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like at this stage, I was just like, let her go, Steve, and try dating somebody your own age. <laughs> Please, for once. My God. <laughs> well, we, we get a recap of how he moved on post Trisha. And we're told that he had grown to love Kara with even more depth and passion than he had felt for Trisha. Well, exactly what all Trisha's lookalikes turn off. And then he's like... <laughs> Apart from ditching her for the odd doppelganger, you know yourself. It happens for the best of us. <laughs> well, there's no talk of doppelgangers tonight. They're both heartbroken. Oh. So, a, f- a few days later, Jessica, Amy and Lila are helping Kara pack and uh, they're all shocked by the news and they ask where she's going to live and it looks like her mother has got quite the promotion because they have been living like in a smallish apartment in Sweet Valley and they have been looking for flats with bay windows in fucking Knightsbridge. I mean, good for you, Mrs. Walker, because clearly you're about to be fucking rolling in it because <laughs> holy shit, <laughs> who the fuck even lives in Knightsbridge unless you're on like Made in Chelsea or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a friend of mine who worked for the department, worked for the Irish Embassy in London, uh, stayed used to live in a, a flat in Brompton Square in Knightsbridge, um, which possibly is the square Kara's looking at because it says it overlooks a park, and that was like, uh, I I have never seen the like. I did look to see how much a place in Brompton Square costs now, um, and uh, the average price is one million three hundred and forty-five thousand. I mean, so yeah, so <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I think uh, I think Mrs. Walker is going up in the world. Um, she'll be surrounded oh by God. Russian oligarchs. Well, I don't know about three, but <laughs> Russian absolutely. oligarchs and uh, 25, 25 year olds working for the Irish Department of Foreign Affairs. Um, there you go. Um, so <laughs> quite a combo. Well, Kara thinks London is hideous. It's nothing like California. It rains all the time. I'm going to hate it. I mean, that does check out. It is Kara who once stayed home from school because it rained and she didn't want her hair to get messed up. Like, there is no way this girl is going to survive in London. Like, lads, the weather over here, it's, it's simply not for her. Oh my God. This Yes, I mean, she she, she will never attend school again, basically. No. She'll have to be hospitalised. Oh, my God. (laughs) This will never work. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, they're all, you know, her pals are all like, you know, we'll throw you a goodbye party, which she initially says would be too much for her. But actually, she does end up having one. Um, And uh, she knows that her friends are like, basically, they'd be terrible at writing letters. So (laughs) she's not going to really be able to maintain her old friendships. I that it's kind of funny that she's sort of accepting of the fact that like, well, I guess we're all just going to drift apart because <laughs> these bitches are not going to be hold writing me a letter. <laughs> it's quite it's quite realistic <laughs> of her in fairness. <laughs> it really is. And Jessica asks why she can't stay with her dad because her parents are divorced and her dad and her brother live in Chicago. And she does point out, well, that's 2000 miles away. So uh, you sort of forget how big America is. Yeah, and true. um <laughs> Uh, yeah, she wishes her whole family could just be together and not have to face these issues. And she feels angry and frustrated. Oh. And in fairness, who could blame her? I know. And it is kind of weird that her living with her dad is never even broached as a topic. Like, I know, obviously, Chicago is very far away. But I mean, 
it is still at least in the same country, you yeah. know, and not having to deal with any kind of yeah. cultural, I don't know, differences or whatever. But just, you know, London is, is definitely a bigger leap than another city in a, you know, a, a city in a different yeah. state, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't think much of the Walker parents' parenting oh, skills. <laughs> I think, I, I don't know why I'm surprised anymore by the parents of Sweet Valley, but my God, they are useless <laughs> to a man. They're all absolutely fucking hopeless. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> well, we cut to the beach disco where Stephen and Cara are dancing under the stars. And um, it's all very sad. They reminisce on how they got together. And when Stephen goes to the bar, he meets Liz and she she bonds with him because, of course, she had to uh, to say goodbye mm-hmm. to Todd. It's true. Yeah. So I guess she can relate somewhat, at least uh, from when Todd had to head off to Vermont. So uh, she, she kind of gets what he's going mm. through. All right. Yeah. She says at one stage, like, Kara could come back to California to go to college. And Stephen says, she's just a junior. College is still a long way off. It's like, yes, yeah, Stephen. Yes. Yeah, so, to think about, about that, there. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> just, just think about that a little bit more and go, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't go out with a junior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so close. <laughs> um, Mm. No, never gets it though. No. Uh, so Liz says, maybe, maybe someday. And Stephen frowned. Sorry, I just don't think believe in someday, Liz. There won't be a someday for me and Trisha, and there won't be one for me and Cara either. When Cara leaves, it will be forever. Well, until you meet a Cara lookalike, which you know, <laughs> given the odds, are probably <laughs> they're ten a penny. Like, definitely, there's going to be another one on the horizon in no length. Like, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> So he actually almost feels worse, which is a bit worried. I mean, I don't know if I was the ghost of Trisha. I don't know if I'd be too happy about this. He mm. says this is worse than Trisha dying because at least then he could accept it was out of human control. Oh, God. Yeah, he just feels like he should be able to do something. Uh, but uh, he can't, of course. So, yeah, <laughs> again, it's very strange mm. that he's putting these things on a par with each other. And in fact, suggesting that Cara leaving is worse than Trisha dying. Because <laughs> damn, dude, seriously, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> oh, well, we cut to the next day and Jessica and Sam are watching Love Story at the Casatel Wakefields. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, apparently she loves it and she's watched it a bunch of times. Also, I do just want to point out that Jessica is horsing into a massive bowl of popcorn here and in Kidnapped by the Cult, she made a whole big deal out of Sam buying popcorn in the cinema and her saying, I don't like popcorn. You should <gasps> know this about me. When clearly she fucking does like popcorn. So that was bullshit. Oh my God. That was literally just one book ago. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I knew they were pulling that detail Good out of Lord. absolutely nowhere with no basis of evidence <laughs> or anything for it. And uh, yeah, that just proves it. <laughs> well, um, Jessica, Sam isn't too impressed by the movie, but uh, Jessica's like, they're young and in love and she's dying. How would you feel if I died? Because she's like, my brother had a girlfriend who died. So you better appreciate me while you have me. <laughs> I do love how very Jessica that whole thing is, though, in fairness. <laughs> that is true. Mm. Like the melodrama. Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> mm. So, uh, yeah, she thinks, poor Stephen, someone should make a movie about him. Oh, please don't. <laughs> He's had so much tragedy in his love life. And then she has a revelation. 
Oh my god. Uh, yeah, she, she she's kind of thinking about them and how sad this whole situation is and she's like, they're really in love. They might have even gotten married someday. Uh, and then she kind of like thinks more about the, the story of love story and how, you know, at least those two people got to be truly united before being parted forever. So her uh, her stroke of genius is uh, that they should get married. <laughs> so she runs up to Stephen and she's like, I've figured it all out. You and Cara don't have to break up. Oh yeah, she kicks Sam out of the house in the meantime, which is kind of hilarious. Yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah. and so he's like what Sam is like what about the movie and she's like yeah but I have to go boot <laughs> call me later see ya <laughs> but yeah she's on a mission now so she's up to Stephen and tells him that look if, if it's the perfect solution of him he and Mar- he and Cara get married uh, Cara won't have to move to London she'll stay in Sweet Valley with you you'll be together forever it's perfect <laughs> And uh, Stephen, the deluded fool, shouts, why didn't I think of that? Jess, you're a genius. And he picks her up and twirls her around and then just strides out of the room. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I guess he's convinced it's a fantastic idea. Uh, Oh, God. Mm. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, Jessica's delighted with herself, unsurprisingly. Mm. And uh, Stephen strides right over to Kara's house and goes down a wood knee. Yeah, uh, poor Kara is like is in the middle of cleaning and packing and all the rest. Like she's, she wonders if she's uh, lightheaded from cleaning fluid fumes when he asks her because she's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you serious? What is happening right now? Um, but Stephen's like, no, you know, and I'm sorry, I don't have a ring for you, but uh, I just, you know, I know this is unexpected and you don't have to answer this minute. Uh, so she does a lot of kind of, there's a lot of very like thinking Kara thinking kind of for a couple of pages about how much she loves Stephen oh. and yeah they probably were going to get married at some point but you know that's something that much older people did um, she's like you know this is crazy and of course I love you but like what are you talking about um, so he's just like you know we don't have time we can't wait uh, so yeah he's kind of like you know I have thought about it on the way over here in the car and it's like yeah that's not really enough though <laughs> is it now Stephen come on um, but yeah he kind of makes it sound like it's going to be great you know we'll find a little apartment of our own after you finish high school we'll move up closer to the university we'll help each other through college uh, he says you know he'll get a part time job and they'll have each other and he paints this really romantic picture uh, and Cara's like yeah okay maybe she's like oh you know if I have my own apartment we can have late night parties all we want and make as much noise as we like <laughs> Um, but yeah, she still kind of needs oh. to be talked around. But like, it's it's so ridiculous. But she does say yes, because she's like, I want to live with Stephen. I want to stay in Sweet Valley. And she's like, yeah, OK, let's do it. <laughs> but also all her reasons for wanting to say yes are all like really childish. Oh, she like, is a child, but they're like, all... That's the thing. You can't even be mad at her because she is literally 16. It's like, of course, she has no idea what she's fucking talking about or has not thought this through at all. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, they're all, uh, you know, things like we can have our, we can make all the noise we wanted. We can stay up late. Like they are not grown up reasons for getting married. No, really not. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they decide they'll do it two weekends from now, the Saturday before they go to London. Uh, she's meant to be going to London. And Stephen will take care of all the details. All Cara has to do is come to the church and say, I do. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> um, so when Stephen arrives home, uh, Jessica's already researching wedding options. And she's found out that they can get married in Nevada if uh, on all they need to have with them. No ID, apparently. Just blood test. <laughs> wings. So romantic. The blood test. <laughs> 
the blood test thing, I know, I guess the reason is to show that you're not like related to each mm. other or something, but yeah. I genuinely is, is baffling. You do not have to have a blood test to get married anywhere in Europe. I know, so, and it's it's funny. It's... And if anything, you'd think you would need that in Ireland because this is such a fucking small country. It's like, you know, if you go, if you go deep <laughs> enough, you might be surprised. <laughs> and yeah, it's like, nah, that's grand. <laughs> you do need your birth search, though, which is more than they do. True, yeah, literally. There's no, like, the fact that, I yeah, I, I none of this checks out, I feel like. I still don't think she could have got married at the age of 16, even in Nevada. It's like... Mm. With, Pretty sure you'll need to be slightly older, surely, or at least need some kind of parental permission. She is still a minor after all. So, yeah, I don't know about this. I actually know that you do not, because I did read an article. I mean, it's different in different states, but I read Mm. an article in Buster magazine a while ago about um, essentially child brides in various states where there's all these loopholes where it's legal. So you can definitely get married at 16. Oh, shit. Um, And I don't know if you need parental consent everywhere, but... I was that was the one thing that I was not shocked by. I was more shocked by the lack of bureaucracy, to be honest, because yes. I thought like, you know, you need your passport, you need your birth search, you've got to yes. register the wedding. <laughs> not in Nevada, I guess, but like I think you need something more something. than a ring. Surely there's some bit of paperwork involved, you'd imagine. <laughs> well, luckily for Stephen, that is not the case here. Hmm. And um, uh, she's um, she, Jessica has found a jewellery shop for him to get the rings from and Stephen says okay look before you go any further you cannot tell anybody and Jessica agrees though of course that promise is going to stay kept oh like yeah I, I don't know what he was thinking even imagining that she could possibly <laughs> keep this secret for any length of time yeah although it is funny because she's like yeah. he says look you can't tell anybody you know we can't let you know mom and dad find out obviously because they would stop it um, and she's like not even Sam and he's like no not even Sam she's like and I can't tell Liz and he's like definitely not Liz <laughs> which is quite funny <laughs> <laughs> Because um, the plan is that they're going to pretend they're going on a ski trip with some of his college friends that weekend. Mm. And uh, that's going to be their excuse. Um, so Jessica's like, brilliant, my lips are sealed. Yeah. And then literally the next fucking day, when as soon as Jessica, uh, Kara's in a daze in the cafeteria in school, um, thinking about the recent events. And as soon as she catches Jessica's eye, Jessica winks broadly oh my god Jessica's actually hilarious here because I mean like you you couldn't yeah. expect anything else from her but of course she's going to like like let this slip and she's not going to keep this secret like that's a given but just she's so funny in how annoying she is like all week because poor Kara is freaking out obviously trying to keep this secret and Jessica's just like yeah big winks and she's like oh Kara's really nervous aren't you Kara and everyone's like what about what and Kara's like about moving to London okay shut up Jessica Jesus yeah. Christ like she has poor Kara's stressed within an inch of her life <laughs> and Kara keeps or she also says well Kara you don't really have to leave Sweet Valley oh, and Amy's like she doesn't and Kara says what she means is that my, my heart will always stay in Sweet Valley right Jessica and she kicks her under the table <laughs> it's great like Jessica just does not give a shit it's quite funny <laughs> yeah I think the final straw is when they go to cheerleading practice and when uh, Robin says that, uh, just says, what's up, Jessica? To um, Jessica says, nothing's up. I'm not up to anything. With a hard to miss glance in Kara's direction. <laughs> she is. She, it's funny how like she's both hilarious and also the absolute fucking worst because like, 
Oh God, if this was actually like a proper, you know, something really important, like of a secret, like you just want to kill her. <laughs> oh, she's enraging and she's just so bad at it. Like so at the bad. casa, she's acting so suspicious that suspiciously that Elizabeth like gra- basically grabs her and says, what's going on? What's the gossip? And Jessica says, there isn't any and it doesn't have anything to do with Stephen either. And then <laughs> runs away. <laughs> it's great but like I do love all this because even though we're supposed to believe that Jessica is also like a great actress she also literally cannot <laughs> she just has like a poker face is just a foreign concept to her it's hilarious but yeah the fact that no one can even say what's up Jessica without her freaking out and going nothing's up why would something be up what are you asking me that for I don't know anything I certainly don't know anything about Stephen like just not an ounce of chill it's hilarious <laughs> oh, nothing's up with me uh, well uh, the next evening Elizabeth is at home working on eyes and ears when the phone rings for Stephen and when she asks can she take a message she gets quite the shock <laughs> I got quite the shock that Stephen was exactly this fucking stupid but um, yeah it turns oh. out the call is <laughs> the call is from North's jewellery store and Liz is like what? so she kind of assumes that Stephen's probably getting Cara a nice like going away present uh, and the woman is like yes I have a question about the engraving on uh, on the wedding rings that Stephen ordered yesterday <laughs> and Liz is like what the fuck <laughs> um, but she's like yes okay I'll give him the message um, so for some reason unknown reason Stephen like gave the number of his home house to this fucking jewellers for his secret wedding rings instead of giving them his like dorm room number I just I do not understand it's hilarious (laughs) he's such a dumb bitch it's kind of great (laughs) (laughs) he really is (laughs) <laughs> and so she she confronts Jessica about this. Uh, Elizabeth confronts Jessica as soon as Jessica gets home. Jessica just folds like a piece of newspaper because oh. <laughs> uh, she's just, she's terrible. Um, and she's like, this is, and Elizabeth says that this is a huge deal. Um, this is, you know, Stephen should not be jumping into something like this. And Jessica says, well, look, he's, uh, he knows what he's doing. And, um, they like, look, he's an adult. And Liz realised, OK, yeah, I guess he is an adult. But somebody else is not an adult. And that's Kara. Yes. Very good point. <laughs> like, like, I mean, Elizabeth also was thinking of practical things. None of them mentioned the fact that Kara is a, is, uh, is a minor. But she does point out, like, how are they going to support themselves? Like, Kara's in school. Stephen's a student. Where are they going to live? And Jessica's like, ah, love will conquer all. <laughs> so... Later at Guido's, Emily, uh, or Emily, uh, Amy, Lila, Jessica and Cara are hanging out in a booth. And while the two are, other two are looking at their menus, so they're right next to them, Jessica tells Cara that Elizabeth knows. And of course, the other's here. And I'm like, knows what? Oh my God. It's so funny. Like, I don't know, does Jessica think that her menu is soundproof or something? Because like, literally, she just kind of says it. (laughs) behind the menu they're all at the one fucking table uh, and it's hilarious that it's like sharp-eared Lila looked up from her menu and it's like she doesn't even have to be sharp-eared they're at the same table like they are across from each other and Jessica's just like Liz knows <laughs> just no oh god I just don't know but uh, again it's amazing uh, but uh, she, it's funny as well because Jessica's like Jessica opened her mouth ready to lie to Lila then she reconsidered and it's like eh, what harm could they be in telling a few more friends so she just blurts it all out with Kara sitting right there <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so yeah they're all excited uh, Emily Amy 
why do I keep saying Emily? I've been watching Emily, Emily in Paris. Delighted. Maybe is that what's going on here? <laughs> I was forced to watch a couple of episodes because my husband was reviewing it. I just yelled at the screen the whole time. So <laughs> maybe it infected my brain. There you go. <laughs> uh, Lila, Lila is outraged that she didn't already know and she demands to see the ring and uh, the, the engagement ring which she discovers Cameron doesn't have, want one or have one. She says, you're not really engaged if you don't have a diamond. Well, I was engaged without a ring, Lila. So... <laughs> In your face. <laughs> but it is, it is very classic. This, insulted by the flat-faced. <laughs> mm, true, it is, yes. It's but... classic, Lila, especially because she follows that up with no man's marrying me until I have a big fat rock on my finger. Which is <laughs> 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 pretty great. It is. Well, when she tells Kara she never thought Kara would do such a wild thing, Kara's like, is it that wild? And... Um, Lila says she'll be the only married woman in the Sweet Valley High junior class and this is all like Kara's a bit oh fuck yeah uh, that's a bit weird uh, especially as the others are like oh god well obviously we're not going to get married for you know 20 years and uh, we're not you know we're not ready to commit to somebody for the rest of our lives Um and this all sort of touches a nerve with Kara, but when Lila insists on throwing Kara a bridal shower that very night, Kara uh, is genuinely touched. She is, so yeah. It's nerves are. That's it. Yeah, she's kind of like putting it down to just, oh, I'm just a bit nervous. But like every so often somebody will say something that does kind of make reality hit home for her. And she's kind of like, oh, God, yeah, they're kind of right there, aren't they? Oh, I hadn't really thought of that. But then again, she kind of does get caught up in the kind of romance of the whole thing as well. And yeah, the bridal shower again is yeah. like another distraction for her, really. Exactly. Well, uh, later, Elizabeth heads up to see Stephen just to, I don't know why she, I guess she can't talk to him on the phone in case her parents here. So she um, she goes up to his dorm room because she thinks that they're not acting from a real desire to spend the rest of their lives together. This is just, you know, um, they're they're reacting out of desperation. Exactly. And yeah. when she, te- yeah, when she tells Stephen that she knows all, Stephen's really defensive and unsurprisingly, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And even the way he kind of reacts, because she kind of says to him, look, I have a message for you uh, before they even get down to it. She's like, I took a phone call from North's jewellery store. And he's like, oh, right. And she says, look, you need to call Barbara uh, about the engraving on the wedding rings. And he kind of says nothing and is sort of unreadable. And he's just like, OK, thanks for the message. I've got a lot of studying to do. And Liz is like, uh, what, like are we going to talk about this? or not? <laughs> so she says, look, I know what's happening. Um, have you really thought this through? Like, what's the story? But yeah, as you say, he's kind of defensive and he's just like, you know, I, I don't need any help. We've made our decision. It's our business. Uh, it's nothing to do with you. But um, yeah, she's she's not really managing to get through to him because he just doesn't want to hear it. Um, he says, you know, I don't need advice. I don't need yours or Bob's because she's like, have you talked about it with your roommate even? And he's just like, nope, I've made up my mind. Just drop it. And he just is not receptive to mm. any kind of chat about this whatsoever. Yep. Uh, and, when, and when she asks about the law program, he's like, you know, how are you going to do the extra work and set up house with Karis? He was like, I won't get accepted anyway. And the way he says it, Liz realises, oh, fuck, he's he's she's kind of given up on that already um but she knows mm. that she can't say anything that will change his mind so she uh she heads off yeah and then we cut to the bridal shower and this is actually a really sort of sad scene like it's kind of hilarious in bits but it's also genuinely quite touching 
Oh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of I suppose as Kara's on her way over there, she it feels weird, uh, this whole thing, because, of course, like, you know, her mother uh, threw a bridal shower for a colleague from work a while ago, like a woman in her 30s. And like Kara had attended a shower for her cousin, who's like a med student in her mid 20s. And she's like, I'm way too young for this kind of thing. And it all feels a bit strange kind of going into it. Um, yeah. She's like, like yeah, I'm just going to feel ridiculous. This is like it's like they're playing at being grown ups or something. Yeah, and uh, that's sort of the start of her feeling like she's, you know, this is all a bit uh, too much. Um, so it's she sort of thinks they started out feeling a game, like a game, and now it's getting very real. And um, she keeps thinking of, you know, Amy saying earlier, it's for the rest of your life, your life, your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when she gets inside uh, Lila's mansion, it's not just Amy and Lila and Jess. It's the whole cheerleading squad and a fully catered feast. Oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, the entire squad is there. So obviously there's people that have been told in the meantime. Um, but like the whole place is decked out. The living room is full of vases of uh, pink and white roses, silver balloons everywhere. There's like a big pile of um, presents up on the coffee table. Uh, and yeah, she's kind of, I suppose Jessica's like, you know, it wasn't going to be much of a party with just the four of us. So the rest of the cheerleaders are all like, oh, we won't tell anybody. Um, and Kara's just like, oh, you know, what, what did I expect? Letting Jessica in on a secret is the best way to make sure everyone in Sweet Valley hears about it. So I guess she's not too put out about the fact that the other cheerleaders know. Um, and it, it does look like such a nice party. She's kind of like, OK, this might be a bit of fun. So she's kind of like, all right, yeah. let's, let's maybe this will be OK. Um, and it starts out okay when Jessica gives her a video of uh, Barefoot in the Park, you know, with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda being newlyweds, which uh, is, a, is a really sweet gift, actually. It actually to is. Give somebody who's getting married. If they were the same age as Robert Redford uh, and Jane Fonda in that film, yeah, I mean, I'm not yes. 16. <laughs> Very fair. <laughs> but then... Lila had her a gift from BBs and uh, it changes Kara's mood. Oh God, very much so. Um, yeah, and I guess, you know what, it kind of counts as an outfit, but we're going to go for it anyway because it is hilarious. And yeah. also it, it leads on to some very interesting and unexpected uh, <laughs> revelations for Sweet Valley. Um, yeah, so she opens this fancy box from BBs from Lila and inside was a diaphanous lace trimmed silk negligee. Uh, and Kara's kind of shocked when she sees it and when she opens it up and, and lifts it out of the box like it's extremely sheer she could see right through it and she's like a nightgown how pretty and Lila's like for the wedding night suggestively and everyone kind of whistles and hoots and Kara's just bright red because obviously well for some reason she hadn't even considered the fact oh. that uh, that uh, yeah of course marriage meant sex <gasps> I was so shocked that they actually did went there. I did not expect that at all. Truly, even seeing the word sex in the Sweet Valley High book, I was like, whoa, what is happening here? Whoa. This ghostwriter has gone fucking rogue. Somebody call Francine. What's going on? <laughs> well, we're literally told that there's nothing Carol liked better than romantic evenings alone with Stephen and the passionate kisses they shared. But they had never slept together. It was Carol's decision. Stephen, who was not much older. I mean, 
It's not much older if you were 25 and 27. It's quite a bit older when you're 16 and an adult. And, but and 18, anyway. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though in fairness, it does say, understood that the time was not yet right for either of them. So whatever. I mean, I don't think Stephen is a dick about this issue. This, oh yeah, no, it doesn't. It, that doesn't seem but, to be the case at all. But what is actually, this is the bit that's really sad because Kara starts feeling really scared. Oh. Like she because she's unwrapping Amy's uh, giving her more black uh, like sexy black lingerie and she thinks her heart was pounding and she wanted nothing more than to run away from this horrible bridal shower um, and it's like she sort of realises that she's not ready for this but she and then everybody else is like ho, 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 making their sort of saucy jokes and um, she just feels kind of out of her depth and like she's being pushed into something and I thought it was actually quite poignantly done oh, like the that... thought of her wanting to just run away because they were all like you're going to be getting some on Saturday <laughs> and she's like but I don't want to oh god <laughs> keep it I don't want to poor Cara yeah because I yeah. suppose up, up until this point she had kind of convinced herself that getting married was kind of going to be the same thing as going steady but then of course she realises yeah. that there's, there's a lot more to it than that and it does it, the fact that it frightens her it is very sweet and quite sad as you say yeah poor yeah. Cara yeah um, but she thinks like, oh, this is the only way we can stay in Sweet Valley. Though they're not going to actually be in Sweet Valley, as we learn. They're going to be in a in a town halfway between Sweet Valley and the college. Yeah, that's the thing. They've uh, herself and Stephen have agreed to look for an apartment in a town called San Fernando. Um, yeah, because apparently Stephen was willing to to do a lot of commuting between college and Sweet Valley. But Kara reckoned, look, they should they should compromise on this. So at least he won't have to spend so much time traveling because he's already going to be so fucking busy. Um, but then she's like, oh, God, like how many more compromises are we going to have to make at this rate of going? So, yeah, as you say, like, they, it's not even that she's going to be in Sweet Valley and near all her friends. She's going to be in some fucking town that we've never heard of that's halfway between where Stephen goes <laughs> to college and actual Sweet Valley. So, like, yeah, mm, not great. Mm. No, none of this situation is ideal. So when she gets home after the party, her dad rings and he's got uh, surprising news because this is sort of parent he is. He just doesn't oh. uh, think about what is the effect of his actions on his children at all. Oh, yeah. He says that um, he and Charlie and of course, Charlie is Cara's brother who lives with the dad after the divorce. Um, they're going to come out to visit her and her mom before they leave for London. So he says they're flying to Sweet Valley for the weekend. Um and she's like, oh, OK, nice one. Um, she can't wait to see him. And he kind of, yeah, suggests that like there's a surprise or some news. So for some reason, like Kara is so overwhelmed by like uh, the thoughts of her dad and Charlie coming to see her that she's like, well, you know, maybe they're going to invite me to go back to Chicago with them. Or maybe, you know, she'd be able to just run away from all of this. Uh, but also kind of wildly starts thinking that maybe her parents are going to get back together um, and that her dad has realised he's made a huge <sighs> mistake, you know, breaking up his family. And, and now that, you know, that her mother is going to take off to London, maybe it's brought him to his senses and he's going to come back and they're going to all reunite. And she really latches on to this idea because, of course, she's in, you know, she's doing things out of desperation. And this is definitely one of them, this wild flight of fancy, unfortunately. Mm, yeah and it's a reminder of how young she is as well when the you know this is the she's sort of fantasizing about something so unlikely yeah um so uh yeah she thinks that this will solve all her problems and um and, and in fact, this her parents. She thinks her parents are going to get remarried, and that was the wedding that would solve all her problems. So yeah. oh god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Cara. <laughs> Poor Cara. But again, as you say, like she's so young. <laughs> uh, that's a thing. Too young to be getting married. This yeah. is the lesson of this book. Mm. Well, Stephen, meanwhile, is in San Fernando and he's looking at tiny apartments and they are a far cry from the Spanish child kitchen. Oh, I mean, if ever there was something diametrically the opposite of <laughs> the Wakefield Casa, <laughs> it's these depressing fucking apartments. Um, yeah, it's kind of a disaster. Everywhere is just really small. Like the rent is still really high. Uh, he eventually, I think, goes to see a place that's described as a garden apartment. But Stephen knows well that that just means, you know, it's a ground level apartment with no view. Um, and like, you know, they're all tiny little apartments. And uh, yeah, it's just the basics in all of them. It's 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 very much the opposite of, of anything sun-filled and lovely and bright with a pool at the back, basically. Mm. Yes. He doesn't even know where he'll fit his desk. Mm. That's how small it is. Yeah. So he tells the, the estate agent he'll have to check with Cara. And when he goes back to college, he bumps into all his carefree friends who are like frolicking on the lawn. And he realises that you know, once he marries Cara, he won't just be an ordinary student living on campus, hanging out with his pals. He'll be like living off campus and having, you know, to go home in the evening to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's feeling a bit like, OK, because that's the end of an era and I'm only 18. But then he finds a letter in his mailbox. And what could it be? <gasps> yeah, he freezes when he sees it because he recognises the official like university stationery. So he knows that this is a response from the law programme that he's applied to. Um, <gasps> and he kind of had put it out of his mind for the last while because I suppose once he decided that he and Cara were going to get married, he kind of didn't want to think about, you know, what what he'd have to do if he was to be accepted. Um, so he's like, oh, you know, it's fine. There's no point being stressed about this. You know, I didn't get in. But then when he opens it to actually read the letter, it turns out, of course, he did get in because he's a Wakefield after all. And they're amazing at everything. And there was no way he wasn't going to make it into this thing. So, yeah, of course, it's a done deal. <laughs> Good point. Well, but he, the thing is, he feels trapped because he realises there's no way he can do this intensive law degree and mm. still support Kara and himself. Because if he wants to, you know, the only reason thing that will pay for their uh, teeny tiny apartment will be him getting a, a job. Um, and he'll have to commute for like, for you know, twice as long. Mm. Um, so he realises it's a choice, basically, between life with Kara and his law dreams. Oh. We cut to the Dairy Burger where the twins and their menfolk are hanging out and Todd and Sam are shocked by the news of uh, Karen Stevens' plans and um, Liz is freaked when she discovers that it was Jessica's idea but Jessica's still delighted with herself as usual. <laughs> That's her default setting really just being delighted with herself really isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> really is. Um, so uh, Sam is, is more amused than anything else but Todd is, is genuinely baffled that somebody as sensible as Stephen should make a mistake like this and that criticism of Stephen makes Liz slightly defensive um, but Todd continues to insist that Stephen and Carol will regret tying themselves down so young and Liz they change the subject but Liz is like ridiculously perturbed by this and wonders why Todd had seemed so threatened by the thought of Stephen and Kara's commitment like maybe he just thinks it's insane to get married when you're 16 which it is (laughs) which it absolutely is like Todd's reaction is so reasonable Um, but it's just it's just another one of these things where we need to manufacture some drama between perfect couple Todd and Liz who clearly aren't because she's always jumping to weird stuff like this (laughs) but yeah she seems to think that yeah him being threatened by the thought of the commitment it's like no dude he just realises how fucking ridiculous this whole situation is and you know it's a very normal reaction to this 
crazy news, really. <laughs> well, Stephen uh, is also heading to the Dairy Burger because he, he thinks, look, I have to, he knows Cara is there with her friends and mm. he knows that he has to talk. You know, they're going to get married. That means talking about all your, your issues. So he has to talk to her about the getting into the law program because they're, they're grown-ups. They're a team now. Yes. And he sees her hanging out with Amy and Barry and Barry's tennis pals, just like a carefree teen. Um <laughs> And uh, Kara's happy to see him, but the place is jammers, basically, and he doesn't want to see his sisters. So they go for a walk on the beach and she's all in a good mood, even when he tells her about the little apartment. And of course, she's thinking about her parents and uh, about her, her dad visiting. And she doesn't say anything about her ridiculous hopes. But Stephen says, little do they know you're not going anywhere. That's right. Kara smiled meaningfully. Little do they know. Everything oh. in this book is making meaningful remarks and sort of going, <laughs> yes, that's right. And then everyone misunderstands the meaning of those remarks. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Again, it's another, another one of those ones where it's like people just need to talk to each other. Please just talk to each other. And they just Ugh. don't. <laughs> no, and that happens again right now because Stephen knows if he tells Cara about the law programme, she's not going to let him give it up. So the best thing to do is to just lie and uh, never tell her about it and uh, turn it down. Oh, and he's God. delighted well he's not delighted with himself but he's just like that's that then that's the solution yeah. maybe I'll get become a lawyer someday I'll, it'll take me a while because I won't be able to go to law school full time but I guess eventually I'll do it I'll be <laughs> about 45 but it'll be grand <laughs> oh. um, so the next night at the casa Stephen mentions the car is over with her parents so she can spend time with her dad before she goes to London and of course Jessica gives him a big wink oh fuck's sake she's just terrible and Stephen does actually frown at her and think could she be any less subtle and like in fairness she just continues to be the worst <laughs> or the best or the best well that's the thing she's so music. entertaining like if, if it was your secret that she was failing to keep you'd be fuming but like it's very entertaining to read about <laughs> Um, so Stephen has uh, he's having a bit of a pang realising that like soon you know his home will not be the Casa del Wakefield it will be wherever he lives with Cara but you know it's like well it was going to happen eventually it's just happening now and he has decided then he's he um, he decides to lie to his parents and tell them that he didn't get into the law (gasps) programme Yeah, and his parents are very understanding. They're like, you know, we're sorry, and you know, uh, you know, this is fine. You should be proud of yourself. Anyway, you gave it your best shot, and they're like, you know, it, it might take a little bit longer, but you'll still be a lawyer, and we believe in you. And they're all very lovely and supportive. Um, but when he looks across at his sisters, Jessica looks relieved, and he realizes that she probably guessed him getting into the law program would, you know, put a strain on things uh, with Cara. Yeah. But Liz, the way she's looking at him. It kind of seems like Liz doesn't believe him um, because Liz has frozen mm. uh, with her fork lifted halfway to her mouth. And like he reads her, he, <laughs> what is it? Yeah, reluctantly, Stephen met Elizabeth's eyes and read the question there. He only hoped she couldn't read the lie in his own eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the no, drama. I'm sure she can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, 
we cut to Kara's house where uh, apparently Kara's mom is making her ex-husband's favourite dinner. Though the only meal appears to be dip and carrot sticks. So is, is his favourite dinner dip like Martin Short and Only Murders in the Building? <laughs> Just lives on dip? Just loves the hummus. Um, yeah, because she's, kind of, she's watching her mother arranging like cheese and crackers on a tray. Uh, although then there is actually a mention later of her bringing the hors d'oeuvres. So maybe that's just the starter and we don't actually know what the favourite dinner is. But it, like from reading it, it definitely oh, okay. sounds like his favourite dinner is cheese and crackers and a bit of dip. <laughs> a dip. Yeah. yeah. Sounds pretty delicious to me, actually. It does. Like, I'm down with that. <laughs> well, Kara is still 100% convinced that her parents are getting back together. And then... Her, her dad and Charlie arrive and they are not alone. Oh, God. Yeah. So there's some woman uh, <laughs> with them. And like, poor Cara, this is ridiculous. Um, He's like, yeah, Mr. Walker, step back, put a hand under the other woman's elbow to bring her forward. Cara and Jacqueline, this is my friend Julia. And Cara's like, his friend Julia? Who the fuck is this? Like, and she's like, why doesn't mom look shocked? Um, and like her mother, like, introduces herself. This is very nice to meet you. And, you know, they're all brought in. And uh, like her dad and like his friend sat down side by side on the couch. And Kara's kind of sitting there going like, literally, what is going on? Because like, for some reason, nobody has decided to inform Kara that her dad has a new girlfriend. Um, and oh. uh, yeah, she's just he's just brought this random woman back to meet her with absolutely no warning and just lands it on her like in front of the whole family and it's outrageous carry on. <laughs> it's awful. And uh, I mean, they obviously, her parents had to complicate a divorce if the children were, sep- you know, the siblings mm. were were separated yeah. um, uh, and, and now live 2,000 miles away from each other. Um, but they are like, her parents do talk to each other and his her dad told his wife, his ex-wife that he was bringing this woman and Mrs. Walker, uh, I guess the former Mrs. Walker, didn't think it was a good idea to say, Do you know what, don't spring this on her. Don't, you know, tell her you're seeing somebody first. Tell her over the phone. Do not put some woman in front of her and say, <laughs> I'm marrying her tomorrow. But no, Kara's mom is just like, well, I guess that's why he's bringing along his new lady friend. It's like, what is wrong with the pair of you? Honestly. She, I was going to say she's better off marrying Stephen, but she isn't. Obviously, no, she but definitely Poor isn't. Karen, that's all I'll oh say. God. But in fairness, in terms of like examples of grown up relationships, like, holy shit, poor Cara, because this is just ridiculous. Like, I don't know why the dad was kind of making out like this was going to be a great surprise that Cara was going to be excited about. Like, why the fuck would she be excited to meet his dad, her dad's new girlfriend who, as you know, as we then find out, he's announcing that he's marrying this woman. And it's like, this is Cara's first time meeting her. Charlie is obviously used to her because, you know, they, they all hang out together in Chicago. But like. Why would you drop this on her? Like, it's so bad. It's just so badly done and so badly handled. And I felt so bad for Kara in this whole scene. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not only dropping it on her, he's dropping it on her a week before she moves thousands of miles away to another country. And... Like uh, this is this is appalling parenting. I'm sorry to to judge people's uh, parenting <laughs> skills, even par- even fictional ones, but this is fucking terrible. Seriously. Like, yeah, my 16 year old girl will really daughter will really appreciate this surprise announcement. Because <laughs> uh, it's like I'm sorry, this is such a short visit, but there'll still always be a room for you in our new gaff. Oh God, yeah. And like Julia oh. doesn't help matters. 
I know. And like, she Julie, starts sticking her fucking oar in. Oh, I know. And she keeps going on about how amazing London is and like, oh, how much you're going to love it there. And apparently she used to live there for a while before she came back to the States. She's like, oh, I didn't want to come back. I loved it there so much. And Kara's like, well, why did you come back then? Um, and it's kind of, they're kind of making out like Kara's <laughs> I mean, being really rude to Julia. But like in fairness to her, like you can totally understand where she's coming from because it's like, who the fuck is this woman coming into this house and telling me about how fucking great London is while she's running off to marry my dad? Like, get out of here. <laughs> Also, Charlie tries to include Kara in their chats by saying, you'll have to come to Chicago sometime. Like sometime, like it's a friend of a friend who you get on with at a party, not your fucking sister. Like, oh yeah, just, you know, sometime you might want to drop by and see your father. It's so strange. uh, That's the thing. Like, as you say, yeah, it's like they they kind of know each other. And it's like, why isn't she regularly (laughs) going back and forth to Chicago? And why aren't they regularly in touch with each other and coming to Sweet Valley? Like, why are you keeping these siblings apart? It's really fucking weird. (sighs) Well, poor Kara is understandably and quite... uh, um, you know, I'm very sympathetic to her. She's not being unreasonable at all. No. She's actually being impressively polite. She eventually, she goes into the kitchen and her mother goes with her and she's like, her mother's like, oh, I suspected this was what he was going to say and uh, I thought he wanted to have time to give me time to get used to the idea of him being with another woman. Well, what about me? Cara demanded. Didn't it occur to him that I might need time to get used to the idea? Mrs. Walker was startled by her daughter's vehemence. I guess it didn't, she said. <laughs> didn't strike you either, you mad bitch. Like, I'm like, what? what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, so useless. And the rest of the... The rest of the evening is a nightmare. So Mr. Terrible Mr. Walker has doesn't notice how miserable his daughter is. And Judy is a pain in the hole. She keeps talking about London again and saying, is history your thing or shopping? I bet it's shopping. <laughs> Kara's like, I don't like shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so understandable. Like, of course, she's just like, you don't fucking know me. Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't know her. Like, imagine being like, Ooh. oh, I bet you don't like history. You look like a shopping gal to yes. me. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the evening, she just can't take it anymore. And she runs away, not crying, but she does cry as soon as she goes into her bedroom. Aww. And she just stays there, says she has a headache. Yeah. And when her dad and brother Julia eventually leave, um, oh no, actually, Charlie's staying there. Oh, yeah. I guess he gets to see his mother like work two sake. nights a year. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, he, Kara says, look, you you didn't even try and get our family back together. And in fairness to her mother, her mother is a bit like, what? Where's that coming from? Um, but Kara's determination has grown and she's like, oh, well, fuck them. You know, I'm not being messed around by their decisions. I'm going to take control of my own life. I'm going to marry Stephen after all. Oh, yeah. She's like, she will start a family of her own and marry Stephen. And it's like, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of doing things out of spite. But I think marrying someone is probably where oh. I draw the line on that one, because that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the motivations are all just being thrown off completely here. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few days later, um, Jessica goes with Stephen to get the rings from the jewellery shop. And on the way, he, she, um, or while they're going out to the car, he asks, she asks if Kara's okay because she's been missing cheerleading practice. And he says, oh, I think she's just a bit upset 
by the visit from her dad. Mm. And he realises he's forgotten his car keys. So Jessica says she'll run inside to get them. But what should she find in Stephen's room? Oh, well, she sees uh, an, a big fancy envelope on the floor. So she picks it up and uh, realises that it's the letter from the law programme. And she's like, oh, poor Stephen carrying this letter around with him. It's been so painful for him being turned down. And kind of without even thinking, she's opened it for a look. Uh but kind of reasons that, you know, she already knows what it says, so it's not like it's snooping. Um, but then, of course, sees the text of the letter only to find that he was accepted um, and he did get in. She was like, oh, my God, he told us he didn't, but he actually did be get accepted to this fancy program. Mm. Um, so she's just like, hmm, OK, and wonders like, wonders why he would lie about this. And it's like, well, come on, Jessica, think about it for more than two seconds. But um, yeah, I suppose she's, she's <laughs> yes. quite, she's shocked by it because, you know, Stephen's one of the most honest people that she knows. Uh, so she is quite thrown by by this lie. <gasps> Well, later at the casa, Liz uh, doesn't know about this yet, but she is she's still really worried about Stephen and Cara. And um, she tells Todd that she wants to do something to stop the wedding. But Todd says they can't because Stephen is an adult. Again, <laughs> Cara isn't. Just not. And <laughs> Liz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Stephen, Liz says that Stephen's day, Stephen's wedding day should be something, you know, a big family day and something we're all happy about. We should be there with them. Then Todd says, maybe we'll get another chance. The marriage doesn't work out and I'll dart won't. Stephen will probably get married again someday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's right and it's pretty funny, but Liz does not take it very well. Yeah, that's actually too much for her. So she does get all, uh, she's like, that sounds a bit, you know, cynical. And uh, Todd has a sad, sharp edge in his voice. uh, And he says, I'm sorry, that's the way all this makes me feel. And we don't get any explanation for his, you know, that sort of suggests there's something going on underneath the surface. But I don't think there is. And I don't think there is in the next book either. No, I think it's just, we're again, we're just trying to manufacture a bit of drama between the two of them like to mm. to make it seem like yeah things are getting a bit rocky between them now for absolutely no fucking reason like but you know <laughs> we need to get something <laughs> to happen in the next book <laughs> it is the sweet valley way yeah so uh when um jessica arrives home he t- she she tells uh liz about the letter and Liz, they, they realise obviously what this means, that Stephen's st- t- given all this up for Kara. And Jessica, for the first time, realises, like, cause she's feckin' Egypt. She's just been thinking, oh, it's the wedding. Oh, it's so exciting. But she hasn't really thought about, you know, what how their lives will change after this. And now she realises it's not all as romantic as she thought. And Liz is basically like, oh, now, now you see it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah, because Jessica's but, like, uh, you know, when she actually does think about it, she realises that, yeah, like, it never occurred to her that Stephen might have to give up this law programme once he got in or like neglect his schoolwork because he has to go get a job or that Cara would have to quit the cheerleading squad <laughs> and never have the time or money to go shopping and it's like it's all kind of starting to hit home for her and actually the reality of the situation is setting in and she's like oh maybe this is actually going to suck for Stephen and Cara and it's like yes dude of course it will yeah. <laughs> So now she's all about stopping the wedding and she has an idea. She knows that Liz is meant to be babysitting for some kids called the Millers. And she's like, look, you don't have to do it anymore. I'll do it. And Liz is like, How does, what does this have to do with your uh, plan to stop the wedding? But she's like, oh, trust me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stephen calls Kara to say he's got a job, but it's not as a paralegal as he hoped. Oh, no. So, yes. Where go- could he be working? Uh- <laughs> 
Well, he's going to be a waiter uh, at some uh, place called Pedro's. Apparently, it's a restaurant in San Fernando where the Wakefields occasionally meet Stephen for dinner because I guess it's halfway between the college and Sweet Valley. Um, yeah, so he kind of jokes about, uh, you know, oh, would you like to see a wine list uh, on the phone? But Cara doesn't think it's funny at all. She's like, Stephen's supposed to be a lawyer, not a waiter. And it's like, well, of course, he isn't immediately going to be a fucking lawyer. Like sometimes people have to get part time jobs. It's it's OK. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, he um, he Kara's really like she, she's really shocked and she's still sort of she's sort of struck by how poor they're going to be mm. you know if they're going to be living on one part-time job between them yeah um, and while she's pondering this Jessica rings and asks her to take over babysitting duty for her because it'll be good practice for when she and Stephen have tons of kids um, <laughs> and Kara's like uh, I very much doubt we'll have tons of kids and second of all we're not going to have any for an extremely long time and then Jessica says you know the facts of life as well as I do even when you use birth control accidents can happen are we still in Sweet Valley? I'm very confused. <laughs> Can't believe contraception in Sweet Valley. It's shocking. I, I, I'm, I am shocked too. I'm delighted and shocked. But yeah, just usually like nobody fucks in Sweet Valley. And yet here we are. My God. <laughs> They're all... Uh... Well, but like I don't know, they've got they've got a Planned Parenthood there. I don't know where they're going to get the, the contraception. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine them selling condoms in Sweet Valley. I just can't. So. <laughs> it's like Ireland in that way in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the seventies anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Karen's Ka- Ka- trying to avoid her mother, so she's like, "Yeah, might as well." Um, but of course, the kids are awful. The whole thing's a nightmare. And uh, she she's like, oh, shit. OK, well, I'm definitely not going to have kids for a very long while. But one of them is an accident. Uh, and um, uh, so that's freaked her out a bit. And then she she starts thinking about Stephen. It's like she hated thinking of him waiting tables. It's like I had friends who had like two one degrees who were waiting tables after they graduated college in the 90s. Like. Dial it back, Kara. Uh, yeah. I mean, the problem is that he's going to be doing that while trying to, like, you know, it's basically going to be his his he's he's going to try, have to combine study and work mm. in and paying for you know an apartment and all their food because she won't be working at all. But being a waiter is not like some sort of humiliation. Yeah, it's a weird kind of attitude towards like a Wakefield waiting tables, isn't it? It's like he'll fucking survive like lots of people work shitty retail jobs and waiting jobs and you know you'll be okay lots of people have to do this it's not that unusual um yeah it's uh it's 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 like that's not the she she does think then more sensible thoughts about her own grades Mm. uh, and his grades and how um you know, what if she has to drop out? What if she can't get into college? What's her future going to be? Like, what if they're sort of basically, you know, cutting off all these opportunities that they should have been having? Um, so, uh, yeah, she's really seriously having second thoughts now. And Jessica, unbeknownst to, doesn't know anything about this, but she's still delighted with part one of her plan. <laughs> um, and she's got more scheming in store. 
as always. Yeah. So she suggests uh, that her and Cara go for a trip to the mall. And Cara's like, yes, absolutely. I would love a bit of shopping therapy and an ice cream cone. I suppose she's got a lot in her mind. So she's like, yes, this sounds ideal. But of course, Jessica is in schemer mode. Uh, so she like drags her around to um, like a, a department store with all, to all the like really boring kind of homewares. So, I mean, boring to them. I'd only be delighted to be in a homewares yeah. section, to be honest. But when you're 16, it's oh, not what you're interested too. in. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess is also bombarding her with all these facts about women being oppressed by the institution of marriage and how women have to do most of the housework. And I mean, to be fair, it's all stuff that still applies today. But uh, she kind of says how, you know, even though most women have careers, they still do, you know, most of the housework, most of the childcare. It's like having three jobs, but you only get paid for mm. one. Um, and Kara's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sure when we have careers in a family, you know, we'll both uh, do the housework and raise the kids and we'll be equals and all this. But Jessica's kind of starting to chip away at her and she's like, you know, sometimes the most liberal, sensitive guys turn out to be pretty old fashioned at heart. Um, so she's really kind of bombarding Cara with all of this kind of reality check stuff and uh, and dragging her around to look at Hoover's and food processors. And Cara's just like, oh, my God, this is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, so by the time they've they've left the uh the cooker the book section um where she's giving her books like microwave meals for two on a budget <laughs> wow, and so how, you know <laughs> and telling her that she's not, she's gonna have to do the cooking because Stephen has his part-time job um and uh then Cara will also have to take up a hobby to amuse herself because she's going to be home alone every night while Steve in San Fernando away from all her friends while Stephen's working. And she's like, well, I'll still be this, I'm not going to have total personality change. I'll still be the same person. And Jessica says, aren't you going to take Stephen's name? Aren't you going to be Mrs. Stephen Wakefield? And Cara's just like, uh, what? And Jessica says, that probably means Stephen assumes you'll take his name. Well, I'm, though I am relieved to say she thinks that she knows that St- her brother would want Kara to do whatever she wanted so he's not that much of a dick no it's true she's just Jessica's really kind of exaggerating things to just make it all sound like the absolute worst case everything and uh, yeah poor Kara is just getting she's kind of great to Cara, poor Kara is just like doubt upon doubt being piled on top of her now <laughs> um so I guess it's the next day. Uh, Stephen and Cara sign the lease on their teeny tiny flat and neither are very enthusiastic about it. And um, Cara is feeling more and more trapped. <gasps> and um, she does mention the name thing. And thank God Stephen says we won't be any less married if you keep your own name. Um, but that's like she realises that the whole thing of being married is freaking her out. And she thinks this is actually very sensible advice from the book. A marriage could be anything two people wanted to make it. It could be wonderful. But what if the two people hadn't finished making themselves? Do you know, like, yeah, I was struck by that line as well. I was like, this is actually really insightful for Sweet Valley High. Like, good job, Ghostwriter. (laughs) (laughs) We're as surprised as you are, listeners. I mean, honestly. Um, So that night, Jessica calls over to say goodbye and uh, Kara's like, well, look, I'll be back from Nevada on Sunday. So, you know, I'm going to see you soon. I'm not going anywhere. But Jessica says, I'm never going to visit you here in your apartment again. I'm never going to visit you. It's just my old friend, Kara. Next time I see you, you'll be a married woman. And Kara wants to cry and thinks, but I want to stay your old friend, Kara. I don't want to be a married woman. Oh. So Jessica leaves to go to a party at Ken's house and Kara thinks, oh, I wish I could just go to a party in Ken's house. Hey, Kara. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Imagine me winking like Jessica there. 
I can see it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then Jessica gives her some touching gifts for her wedding day. Yeah, and actually, I mean, I know it's all part of her scheme, but it does come off as very sweet. So she's playing it great um, because she she pulls out of her shoulder bag. She pulls out this pale blue hair ribbon um, and tells Cara, look, here's something new and something blue. So it's two in one. Um, and Cara's like, oh, my God, this is lovely. You're so sweet to think of this. Uh, and Jess is kind of pièce de resistance is, uh, well, that's not all. And uh, she takes off her gold lavalier necklace uh, and hands it to Cara and is like, well, and this is it's old and borrowed because obviously she wants it back. Um, so she she lends her, her the, the <laughs> well, famous. So. The, well, yes, absolutely. But yes, it's it's the famous and uh, infamous and fetid gold lavalier. I mean, my God, it's never been on anybody but a Wakefield. So this is a big deal. But Kara is moved to tears by uh, by this gesture. Uh, it is actually touching. See, um, and. Uh, yeah, uh, just before uh, Jessica leaves, she delivers a final blow. She tells her about Stephen getting accepted into the law programme. And then she's just like, well, you know, yes, he decided not to do it. Bye. Yeah, yeah. she's like, oh, he must really love Cara. you to give up something that important. Uh, so it really is kind of a, a blow as she's exiting. <laughs> so yeah, poor Cara is kind of very thrown by that. <laughs> Well, Kara is, yeah, she's, she's, she's so thrown and stunned. She thinks she needs to talk to her mother, though, of course, she can't talk to her mother about her actual worries. But um, her mother admits that seeing her dad and Julia together was hard because she does still love him. I don't know why. He seems pretty awful to me. But um, <laughs> she's happy for him because, you know, she's accepted things don't work out the way um, the way you, you want them to. Mm. And actually, she's really happy being single because she's making her own choices and they're really good ones. And uh uh, and I and then I do warm to her a little more because she gets up <gasps> to put the kettle on to boil for more yes. tea. Yes. At this stage, uh, my notes in all caps just say, good woman, <laughs> Mrs. Walker. I was like, I knew the Italians wouldn't let us down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my notes say, yay, Mrs. Walker. She's not all bad. There you go. Absolutely massively redeeming uh, moment there from her. So she's back in the good books for sure. <laughs> and then Kara has a very positive revelation. She realises that it's uh, better to be a strong single person than someone married for the wrong reason. And that there are good sacrifices and bad sacrifices. And basically that, you know, letting Stephen give up all his dreams is a bad sacrifice and mm. sacrificing her own um her own, you know, future possibilities is not a good idea. She's, uh, she'll d- deny herself the process of discovery, the the chance to find out what kind of life she really wants to live, and she's denying Stephen the same thing. But can she tell him that? So, the next day they head off to Nevada, and uh, she's wearing the dress on the cover. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm again delighted to to get the reference to it. Now we don't get huge amounts of detail, as I was saying, in this, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 the matching dress from the cover, so that's brilliant. <laughs> hmm. And they're both really uh, tired because they didn't sleep last night because um, they were so nervous. And he suggests that they could just like have a picnic uh, afterwards and just chill out, or go back to the hotel and take a nap. And then he realizes that she's really nervous about the thought of them clearly sleeping together, and. He does say, you know, don't be nervous about tonight. All I want is to be with you. We can take things slowly. So I guess we know that he 
you know, understands consent and is not taking anything for granted. So I guess that's uh, a positive by I, Sweet Valley Men standards. Do you know what? I mean, look, the bar is underground for Sweet Valley Men. But like, yes, this is a win for Stephen <laughs> for sure, because, yeah, it's very clear that he's not putting any pressure on her. And it's like, well, you know what? It's good that he has at least one good quality. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As they drive to uh, this little cor- little courthouse in the wilds of Nevada, she she's more and more sure she just can't go through with the wedding, and um, because she knows that like if they break up now, they would get over it, and she knows if they stay together, that they probably end up presenting each other, um, but she's it's so, you know, it's it's basically she feels like it's all happening really quickly, so mm. she doesn't know how she can put the brakes on, um. But back in Sweet Valley, Jessica and Elizabeth have finally accepted well, that they should tell an authority figure, <sighs> such as their authority figures are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, now that it's too late and they've both left for Nevada, it's time to tell the parents. <laughs> yeah, and understandably, Ned and Alice are just like, what the fuck? We have to ring Kara's parents now, or mother now, and we are heading to this courthouse to uh, to stop this wedding because... Um, <laughs> They can't. They know that the that the the runaway duo have left already, so they they head off, and uh, it's it's lucky uh, lucky for them that Kara and Stephen have got lost several times before finding the Red Canyon Town Hall. <laughs> oh God! It's uh, it's the it's the it's a very basic location, and um, Stephen feels he has no doubts when they're about to say the vows. But and when he when he's asked if he takes Kara as his wife, etc., etc., he says, "I do." Then they ask Kara, and her answer shocks him. Oh my god! Yeah, because she doesn't hesitate. Uh, like Stephen didn't hesitate in saying "I do," and then Kara didn't hesitate either. No, she said quietly. <laughs> I mean, you could have told him five minutes earlier, oh, Kara, come on. I know, I suppose it is just the last possible moment, but if it all, if she did just feel kind of carried along mm. by it and just couldn't, like, this is kind of the one moment to, like, I guess, yeah, get it out, it's now or never, and she did it. But you know what, fair play to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but just as she says it, all the others burst in at the end of the back of the room and Steve was like, what the fuck? And he doesn't see the look of so- love and sorrow on her face. He doesn't hear her beg her to understand and forgive her. All he could think of was that somehow Kara and the others had planned this oh, humiliation. Jesus Christ. But why? Why indeed, Stephen? That would be insane. That makes no sense at all. I don't know how that's what he's jumped to. I mean, it's very strange. I- <laughs> Obviously, the timing isn't great, but like, how how do you think this is what she had planned all along? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, he runs away crying, <laughs> as uh, as well he might. Yeah. So, I guess it's it's Monday night, and Kara has come home after her last ever day at Sweet Valley High. <gasps> <sighs> mm. They're having a party at Lila's tonight, but the hardest part of today was saying goodbye to her teachers, Ms. Dalton and Mr. Collins. (laughs) (laughs) It's all we'll get of them in this book. Unfortunately. So sadly, Mm. it's been a while since we've had some Mr. Collins action, but we'll take what we can. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Kara thinks over the last 24 hours. So her, her mother forgave her for almost eloping and, you know, said she had to break up with a boyfriend to go to college, but it was the right thing to do. And uh, Kara knows that she did the right thing, but Stephen still won't talk to her. 
they they all the family know is that they he let them know he was back in his college dorm but he mm. won't talk to anyone he won't see anybody and all she has she has the wedding ring that's on the engraving that Stephen had put inside says forever Stephen but when she rings him and he hangs up she thinks forever had come to an end oh man just no, it's quite dramatic. Mm. Um, so she heads to Lila's party, and uh, she uh, she's feeling quite emotional there, and so emotional that she's she's uh, damaged in what can only be described as a sacred object in Sweet Valley. Oh, what? <laughs> she cried all over Lila's mi- oh. silk shirt. Oh my god. Oh no, I totally missed that bit. Holy shit. Yeah, poor Lila. My mascara ran all over her silk shirt when I hugged her. Wow, oh my God. That is quite the transgression. Holy shit. It's just as well she's leaving, isn't it? (laughs) Can't come back from that. Absolutely not. Well, Jessica's pretty cheerful because her own parents have forgiven her and Liz for keeping the the secret from them. And uh, um, then Jess is distracted when they know because she notices a girl chatting to Todd. Apparently, this girl has been following him around all night. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, Liz, because Liz isn't at the party because she has an article to write, but also she's kind of angry with Kara for dumping Stephen on the altar uh, as opposed to just telling him beforehand. I mean, um, I, oh, and uh, fucking Liz. <laughs> Sorry, I just think she's got a real stick up her hole about all this, and I don't really get it because, like, she didn't oh. want the wedding to go ahead, so Kara called off the wedding, and yeah, not in the best way possible, but like for some reason she's so pissed at Kara that she's like, mm, "I've got an article to write. I'm not going to your party." And I was like, oh, "Fuck off, Liz." <laughs> I know, like she's known Kara her whole life, and she's not even going to. And it's always gone on well with her. Yeah. And uh, uh, in fact, I, I seem to remember the last time Kara had some issue with the doppelgangers. Uh, like Liz was all she had grown so close to Kara now <laughs> that they were, you know, sisters in law. It's like, well, that lasted long. Ugh, lies. So. Ka- Kara is still so upset uh, about Liz uh, that she she decides, well, actually, I guess it's more about Stephen. So she decides that if she talks to Liz, maybe Liz will pass on a message to Stephen, mm. you know, about that she didn't just dump him on a whim, that she actually had a real reason for it. So she rings Liz and asks her to meet her at the Dairy Burger and Liz reluctantly agrees. But also like, and like when they get to Sorry, no, it's just it's gas that Kara has to leave her own going away party because Liz is like, mm, I don't want to go to the party. So she has to kind of persuade her to meet her at the Dairy Burger instead. Like I, Liz is just such a little bitch here. I just I really didn't enjoy that from her. <laughs> I know she's she's oh. when, she, when, pet, when Liz is petty, she's mm. very petty. Yeah. Um, we we will describe their conversation, but before we do, we do have to tell you about uh, another podcast in the Headstuff Podcast Network stable. Because, uh, as you know, we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network and um, we, uh, we, we, we want you to check out some of the other podcasts on the stable. And this week it is uh, the, the one and only... Words to that effect. 
Yeah, so Words to That Effect is hosted by Connor Reid, uh, who's a good pal of ours. He used to produce our lovely podcast, so we were well used to he us did. and our shenanigans. Um, but uh, yeah, Connor's... Like leaving it to the last minute to give the ad. <laughs> what? Us never. Um, so yeah, so Words to That Effect is a narrative storytelling show that explores the intriguing places where fiction, history, science and popular culture intersect and inspire. So they go through everything from Victorian past, utopian future, dinosaurs, detectives, zombies, like literally whatever you can think of. Uh, They look at how literature shapes our understanding of popular culture. So words that effect gets stuck into all those great juicy topics and uh, teases it out. And you can have a little listen to the the gist of words to that effect here now. I'm Connor Reid with words to that effect. How do the Victorians invent time? Where do all those pirate cliches come from? Should we all read romance novels? Why are kids so obsessed with dinosaurs? What makes the perfect detective story? What happens to culture and society in a post-apocalyptic world where everything has stopped? Words to that effect tell stories of the fiction that shapes popular culture. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and at headstuffpodcasts.com. And now, back to Sweet Valley, where in the Dairy Burger, Kara has noticed some boy checking out Liz in a very unsubtle way. Oh, hmm. yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. He's just staring at her and she walks by and he's still just like following her with his eyes. It's very, uh, very uh. unsmooth. <laughs> Yes, Liz says, I've noticed. Kara says, don't look now, but you have an admirer. And Liz says, I've noticed. We don't know each other very well, but lately it seems like everywhere I go, he pops up to say hi to me. He's pretty cute. It must be flattering, Kara commented, which is a terrible message to give to girls that if a boy is like looming up around you constantly, you should always be flattered. Yeah. Um, but uh, then Kara gets down to to business and basically says she broke up with Stephen so they could each follow their dreams and he found she found out about him going to law school and Liz is Liz forgives her um, very gracious of her and and says she'll tell Stephen everything and they actually have a fond farewell but she uh, she can't go back to the party because she actually does have an article to write in fairness to her and um Kara sort of feels at peace when she leaves and just thinks maybe one day Stephen will forgive her. I mean, I would still feel terrible, but whatever, Kara, good yeah. for you. I mean, look, yeah, she's she's done all she can for the moment because if you won't see her, you won't see her. So at least she can have somebody convey the message yeah. and maybe at some point he'll understand. So, I mean, as far as Kara's concerned, she's done as much as she possibly can right now. Oh, yeah. You know, so fair enough. Oh, that's true. No, she absolutely can't do anything yeah, else. It's yeah. more just like, I think I'd still be a bit more distressed. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next day Liz belatedly realises like oh maybe I should tell Stephen like before she goes instead of just waiting until after she's like in London <laughs> so um, she she drives up to the college in a typically blah outfit which I'm sure you will mm-hmm. describe and um, she tells Stephen about you know how Carol was doing it for him she knew about the law thing and she couldn't let you make that just, you know choice for her and uh, Stephen looks joyful when he realises he lo- she loves him after all but then he thinks oh it's too late but this says the flight doesn't leave for an hour so Stephen zooms to the airport and realises the Carol just did what he knew in his heart was the right thing he just didn't have the guts to mm. say it yes and 
Then we get the cliched airport dash. Of course he finds her in time. Her love for him is evident on her face. <laughs> and uh, and they embrace. Yeah, so they, yeah, he's like, look, you know, we, we have so little time. We shouldn't waste it on explanations. I understand and I love you. So yeah, it's, it's a tearful little kind of reunion and nice moment for them together that, uh, you know, that they say that they'll miss each other and they'll always love each other. But um, but at least they get to kind of part with some manner of like understanding and a proper kind of, a proper goodbye at least. Yeah, true. Um, so uh, yeah, she goes. And Stephen's sad, but he's not that sad. He's kind of like, oh, well, I know I'll miss her for ages, but then I'll be fine. <laughs> I think my take, in fact, I know from personal experience, <laughs> took me a lot longer after leaving somebody on the other side of uh, mm. of the Atlantic. I don't think as soon as I left, I was like, well, you know what, I'll get over this in a few months. Like, in the immediate goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Most people would be slightly more upset. Mm. She's like, "Well, this goodbye was very different from the one he had said to Trisha." Uh, then they, there, then there had been no future. Now Stephen knew that both he and Kara had wonderful futures ahead of them, even though they wouldn't be spending them together after all. Yeah, well, you know, he's <laughs> he's, 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 he's a Wakefield. He bounces back like crazy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> bounces back in like five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> It's good for him. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably see some doppelgangers of Kara on the way home, so that'll keep him busy for there's, a while. There's probably one working in the gift shop in the airport. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, a few days later, uh, Jessica and Co. and Liz are wondering how Kara's getting on, and uh, Lila says it's too bad that Liz missed the goodbye party, especially Todd was <gasps> on his own. Hmm. <gasps> <laughs> this pair of saps were reminded never go anywhere solo like they uh, apparently which I actually do think contradicts what we have been told before you know that they do go to places on yeah, their own but, um, that's true but the other one isn't free mm, yeah that they that they do obviously have their own you know independence and they do go to they, they don't need to be glued to each other's sides and yet yeah they do say here that the two of them are inseparable and if one of them isn't going to a party the other one will skip it and it's like man that isn't really what we've been led to believe up to this point. Yeah. But yeah, it, no. it, it, they go out of their way to point out that Liz was surprised that Todd decided to go to the party without her. Um, and uh, Amy then kind of throws in a few digs. She's like, oh, you know, he helped to send Kara off in style, all right. Talk about dancing up a storm. And Liz is like, wait, what? Because when she had asked Todd about how the party oh. went, he was like, oh, it was just OK. But um, then Jessica jumps in and she's like, oh, you know, it wasn't Todd's fault. That girl wouldn't leave him alone. <laughs> <gasps> Yes, and that girl <laughs> is uh, over with Todd at this moment and uh, helping him and Winston put up a bikini ne- or put up a, uh, <laughs> a volleyball net. She's a hot babe in a black bikini. And Amy says, I wouldn't worry, Liz. I'm pretty sure Peggy knows Todd is taken. <gasps> Oh my God. And now our PBA gang will know that Peggy is some bad news. (laughs) Because Peggy turned up in an episode of the TV show and we were all like, who is this fucking Peggy? This should have been an opportunity for Amy Sutton to do something. But some of you Pi Beta Alpha sisters reminded us that Peggy does turn up in this book and in uh, the next one. So we had to stand corrected. That was a proper deep dive (laughs) on behalf of the... uh, of the TV show makers and we apologise for that. Um, <laughs> In a shock so, twist, uh, we were wrong about something. It's so unlike us. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
never happened before. Ooh. I mean, Peggy's kind of a bit of a Mandy. Mandy, who we might remember from the early days. Oh, yeah. you <laughs> never be seen again. Then she turned up. <laughs> Project on Wales, oh, if ever was. Yes, Mandy Farmer making an absolute fool of us. <laughs> mm, not for the first or last time. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so... So Liz thinks that Todd certainly wasn't acting as if he was taken. And she remembers how Todd reacted to the news about Karen Stephen. And she thinks, wonders that maybe he was talking about, he was thinking about uh, her and him and that they are too young to, to be tied down. And she watches as Todd and Peggy sprinted to the ocean's edge, still laughing. She wondered, was Todd starting to think going steady was a mistake too? <gasps> and that's the end of Stephen's Bride. Oh my God. <laughs> can you read us out please is this the end for Elizabeth and Todd find out in Sweet Valley High number 84 The Stolen Diary well obviously it isn't no, of course but, not um, <laughs> but I have to say that Stolen Diary is an absolute banger oh I'm excited one of the, the classics so I have very fond memories of this one <laughs> Um. But uh, before we get on to the Stolen Diary, do we have stats and outfits? Okay, yes, we have some stats. Yes, okay, so the blondness got three mentions, which actually isn't bad going. Um, hmm, the no. the blue-green eyes only got one mention, though, so that is quite low. What? I know, however. Very low. But, you know, in, in a fun twist for our comeback book, the word sex was mentioned twice, which is positively fucking scandalous <gasps> by Sweet Valley standards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I know <laughs> what is going on um, in terms of outfits then we had Liz throwing on an extremely boring outfit to go uh, inform Stephen about uh, the reality of, of Cara turning him down uh, so she threw on khaki pants and a blue polo shirt and then I fell asleep uh, because she's so boring Let's see, then... Oh, yes, Cara. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is pretty bad. It's not good. Uh, Cara's wedding dress, we <laughs> only get a description of it in that it's a cream-coloured tea-length dress, which is the closest thing to a wedding dress that she owns. Uh, and it does actually mention that she's wearing her hair in a French plait, so we were we were right there on the, uh, on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing... Oh, yes, back at the bridal shower, we had Lila's uh, sexy underwear uh, present. And then... Amy also got her something saucy and it was a black lace teddy that uh, that Amy <gasps> gifted poor frightened Cara with at the bridal shower. So oh. she had a lot to deal with that night. <laughs> the poor thing. She certainly did. Yeah. Oh, well, listeners, let us know what you thought about Stephen's Bride. Uh, did any of you decide to get married at 16? Uh, maybe it worked out for you. Who knows? Who knows? And- <laughs> Um, uh, do please share your thoughts we always love hearing from you we had a lot of uh, great responses to our Christmas episode everybody had uh, had strong feelings about um, about the Wakefield uh, legacy Tis Loon noticed a very good plot hole where she said am I hallucinating or was there a whole thing in the, in the book where Jessica is obsessed with her grandparents about how the granny needed to learn to love a son from the granddad's first marriage this appears to have been forgotten in this one it's if we ever needed any more proof that this was feverish retconning 
Here we go. That was it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a whole thing in Nowhere to Run about Grandma Wakefield uh, telling, I think it was Emily Mayer from the Droids, a whole big story about how uh, the granddad (laughs) had like a son from a previous marriage before they got together and had Ned. And obviously none of that was in the saga whatsoever because uh, (laughs) Nana Wakefield was, of course, the the badass fucking World War II nurse who was like in a fucking prisoner of war camp. So none of that stuff happened. (laughs) Oh, just shameful wreck. Well, yeah, listeners also had feelings about the retconning, but um, uh, yes, hello, Al. I hope I've pronounced your name properly. You said, my big question, since we've now seen college from Ned and Alice's perspective, where is Tatty Mule? Oh my God, such a good question. <laughs> where indeed? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, it's uh, it's really, um, it's it's just... It, it, they really had an opportunity. I'm sure that book was out at this stage. They could have put Tatty Mule in. So, I don't know. I feel that we have been uh, betrayed. We've, we've been, um, we have been slightly robbed. But uh, I did enjoy uh, the then theories, I think, between uh, Ali and Neri Siren that uh, potentially, what's her name, Rainbow, may have been Tatiana in disguise the whole time or that it was another <laughs> persona of hers. And this was her revenge on, uh, on Alice for stealing Ned away from her. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> Stranger things have happened, of course, in Sweet Valley. So it's anyone's guess. <laughs> this is true, actually. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of thoughts about um, about Ned. Uh, somebody thought he looked like uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. But there's called him a hottie. Uh, well, I see. You know, those two not... things are not mutually exclusive. I watched Nobody recently, which true. is a Bob Odenkirk film. And I have oh. to say, he looks fucking great in it. So I have some new feelings about Bob Odenkirk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Nobody is brilliant. It's ridiculous, but it's oh, very, it's so very much crack. I had such a blast watching it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Laura Kate Diva says, hear me out, fam. Group project. The Wilkins family saga. We could totally write this as a community. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ruth K83 said, love this idea. Proposing a chapter that follows Bugsy Wilkins, coffee colour dyed hunk, an underground fight club champion in 1920 Chicago. He falls foul of OTG extraordinaire, Al Capone, oh leaving his poor widowed wife, who of course is newly pregnant, to leave and go on a speakeasy in Vermont. I mean... Mary Simon said, 100% would read this and so would I. Same. I need it now. Like, you can't just taunt us with something like that. (laughs) We need to make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So, uh, yeah, there was um, apparently um, there's the the Gamma Delta Iota um, uh, frat stands for GDI or Goddamn Independent which is not affiliated with a Greek organization, which I guess is like the overarching, like the you know all the cross college sorority yeah. things, fraternity things. See, we don't have these things in the side of the Atlantic. So yeah, so I think it's that that GDI uh, being their initials makes it a joke fraternity because it's like a a Greek joke yes. basically that they're not actually part of it. But yeah, I mean, I guess that was just a joke that went completely over our heads because we just have no context for these things. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, we also heard from uh, from a few uh, Jewish le- uh, listeners who definitely felt that Ted's uh, Ned's um, retrospective um, 
canonical Jewishness was shoehorned in and uh, everybody agreed that there is uh, they, they thought there was no way that somebody like Hannah would not have raised her son uh, as Jewish um, and it, it just seemed extremely implausible and she says that even in middle school I would have been able to identify this as tokenist bullshit I wouldn't have had the specific language but it is so blatantly shoehorned in then conveniently dropped so obvious I can only assume indigenous readers would feel the same way about that storyline we know our community's histories and these stories do not look true even a little bit um, so uh, so yes that shoehorning in did not convince people uh, unsurprisingly because uh, that is the way of the Sweet Valley retcon that it, is, is... <laughs> it tends to be clumsily done oh god yeah with the least amount of grace uh, possible but yeah a good few people actually got in touch to say that uh, that Judaism is matrilineal so like can- canonically Ned yes, is definitely course. Jewish and yeah and that was I think Sarah Cohen had pointed out that yeah. considering what Hannah had been through like there's no way that Ned was raised anything yeah. other than Jewish so like yeah extremely good points but yeah. unfortunately absolutely zero follow through in the main series which is uh, extremely typical it has to be said yeah. from the uh from the the Sweet Valley, uh, the Sweet Valley world, and actually Esther from the podcast at Dawn's house uh, said that uh, as a Jewish listener, as a kid, I probably would have been excited by this level of representation. Mm. As an adult who knows about concepts like tokenism and <laughs> half-assed retconning, I'm way less impressed. It's a massive eye roll for me. I would have naively been like, I can't wait for this to come up in the main series, oh. and then been forever disappointed. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, so yes, that's uh, that's uh, just another example of Sweet Valley's um, interesting attitude to uh, the 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 canonical nature of the of the sagas, and of course that was our last saga, unless we do collectively write the the Wilkins saga. (laughs) There we go, a community effort. It's in our hands now. Uh, well, listeners, we always love hearing from you. So uh, please do let us know what you thought about this week's episode or anything else that might be on your mind. You can contact us at SVH Podcast on Twitter. Yeah, you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we're SVH Podcast on Instagram. And in this fortnightly uh, deep dive into the shenanigans of the main series is not enough for you, you can get some Sweet Valley Madness in your ear holes every single week by signing up to Headstuff Plus and joining Pi Beta Alpha. That's right. Yeah. So for as little as five euros a month, uh, you can sign up at uh, headstuffpodcast.com. And uh, yeah, when you're supporting us and the show, you get access to all our bonus content. So you're getting our ridiculous TV show recaps uh, in the weeks that this show doesn't come out. So we'll be getting back into that now. Next week, we'll have a new PBA out for everybody. So we'll be back in business and uh, riding that crazy Sweet Valley TV show train again. We will. We'll be on to season two very soon. Mm. So uh um, I, I, it's going to be a wild ride. We enjoyed ourselves very, very much with season one. I think we can agree we enjoyed ourselves way more than we uh, thought we would. <laughs> We've been having a great time. So, uh, yeah, if you would like to see what all the fuss is about and uh, understand why we are um, getting very, very excited about watching a show on YouTube and a very fuzzy <laughs> <laughs> upload, then... 
You can sign up at headstuffpodcasts.com for as little as five euros a month and you can choose whether you want to support us or all the podcasts in the Headstuff podcast stable and we hope we will see some of you there and maybe if you know if you've let your membership lapse uh, while we've been off air you might uh, want to join up or uh, you might want to come and work your way through the entire backlog it is up to you Uh, there's no commitment so you can join for as little or as long as you like and we really really appreciate all of you who have done so so far Hmm. so uh, we will see our Pi Beta Alpha sisters in the clubhouse next week and we will see all of you right here on the main feed in two weeks when we find out what happens when the rest of Sweet Valley (gasps) find out what's in (gasps) the stolen diary Oh my god, I can't wait. Oh, Elizabeth, no longer the golden girl? <laughs> Surely not. Can it be? <laughs> well, we'll find out next week or two weeks. <laughs> and we'll see you then, everybody. Thanks for listening. to be back. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. <laughs> This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade.